This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. On the phone, we have Basketball Hall of Famer Earl Lloyd, nicknamed the Big Cat. He was one of three African-Americans to earn the NBA at the same time, but he was the first one to play in the game. How you doing, Mr. Lloyd? I'm, I'm hanging tough. Good. So you played college ball at West Virginia State. Did they have a good team back then? Oh, my watch, when I say, when I say my watch, I'm doing the, the four-year span. We we probably, I, I think we won two tournaments, finished second and won, and, and won two regular season championships. So we, a four-year period, we, we fared very well. Who was your main competition back then? Small black schools were, were, were very, very, very competitive. And schools like Virginia Union, who seemed to, to have attracted a lot of guys out of New York City, you know, and and you know, doing from, from between 46 and 50, probably the best talent in the whole United States was on the Eastern Seaboard. So Virginia Union, Howard University, uh, North Carolina College, and uh, you know, it just—I mean, the beating went on. What there was what Winston Salem State and uh, North Carolina A and T, right? Schools like that, you know. Delaware later on, Earl Monroe came out uh, of that region. Oh yeah, Earl Monroe. Woo. What was Earl Monroe like? <laughs> Probably the he was drafted, he was probably the best player in the United States. What made him so good? Well, you know, he had all the tools. You know, when you have a guy, any problem you put before him, he has he has a solution for it on the move. So it's uh, this guy had exceptional talent, and he was smart. And that's that that right there is the difference. I mean, there's a lot of guys who, who are good players. But sometimes they're not as smart as other ones. But the great players, I mean, in the urban rule, would fall into that category as a great player, without question. When you were one of the, actually, you were the first uh, African-American to play in the NBA. I mean, three of you signed at the same time, basically, but you were the first one to play. How big of an accomplishment was that? Or did, was it? Well, you know, we didn't sign at the same time. I mean, Sweets didn't have to sign because he's, they purchased his contract from uh, the Knicks did from 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 the Harlem Globetrotters. Harold Hunter, who was an adversary of mine in Seattle, out of North Carolina College, was the first player to sign a contract. And uh, but don't overlook the fact that Chuck Cooper, Chuck Cooper was a number two draft choice, and for a black for a black guy to be drafted number two in 1950, they thought very very highly of him. I'm only 40 years old, so I wasn't around when you played, but what was it like? I mean, were people booing you when you're on the court, or were they pretty supportive of you? Well, you know, I, you know, basketball did not enjoy the notoriety that baseball or football. So we were still, at, you know, the league was only three years old, so we were still in our infancy and trying to find our way. But, you know, it, just, it, was, it was just a matter of time. And like when, when people ask me, well, you know, what was your, what would you like for your legacy to be? You know, I, I, I just feel like every watch when, 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 when they leave, they need to leave, to leave the NBA a better place than when they arrive. That's good. That's our legacy. How were your teammates? Were they all supportive of you or were there some that felt that you shouldn't be in the league? I had good teammates. 
I got you know I, I I can't control their thoughts, but not one time did I ever get that feeling. You know, I, in fact, we had so we had so many rookies. You know, we 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 were about to really bond, and of course they got ripped up because I got drafted into the army. Then the, then then the team folded. You know, they they became defunct. So it's uh, we everybody kind of went their separate ways. I think together we could have molded into a decent ball club. Because you started with the Washington Capitals, and then they be what became the Syracuse Nationals. No, no, the, the Washington Capitals just became the ex Washington Capitals. But what they do is when a team folds like that, they have a supplemental draft, and you draft in the same order that you drafted that that's your regular you know uh, uh, draft. And Syracuse uh, picked me, you know, out, out, out of the supplemental draft. And it's I got a break there because Syracuse, for me professionally, was a was a very very good fit. Yeah, because Syracuse is a big basketball town. Well, it, it, it's fan wise. I mean, as as relates to interest, but at that time, what was happening? Towns the size of Syracuse could not support a major league and operation like like the NBA. So <clears throat> the Syracuse Nats became the Philadelphia 76ers. Who was your teammates with the Nationals from 52 to 58? Yeah, Jim Tucker out of uh, Duquesne. Dolph Shays is probably the most prominent of the, of the group because he was a perennial all-star player. Paul Seymour, George King, you know, it's, it, it's kind of tragic. I look at that picture I have at the team championship picture, and it's about eight guys on there who are no longer with us, man. You know, that's that's a sad commentary. When you won the championship in 1955, did they give you rings back then, or what did they do for the players? Uh, they gave us an ice bucket. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so I told that to somebody last week. Say, laugh. I said, don't laugh, man. That's what it was, you know. And unfortunately, if I held on to that bucket, it was worth something. You don't know what happened to the bucket? No, you know, we we made some house moves and stuff, you know, and, you know, things get, I, I don't know what happened to it, you know, but it's, uh, maybe I was angry, you know, I don't know, because I I, I, I felt like other, all other teams that made it in the league, you know, that won a championship, they got a, they got a nice ring, you know, and they give us an ice bucket. Right? <laughs> what was Dolph, what was Dolph Shaves like? From what I've heard, we talked to him and other players, they said this guy was tough. Doc Shays is the only basketball player I've ever seen in my whole life that every second he spent on the floor, he was moving. I mean, he never stopped, he never stopped running. Man, I used to feel sorry for guys, and they come into Syracuse, and Dolph would run him into the ground. But he was a great player. There's no question. Man. I mean, he's, I mean, here's a guy who's 6'9", man, and, and, and Dolph did it all. He was a great rebounder. You know, he's, uh, what we did, I mean, Dolph had the scoring burden, and I had the defensive burden. But, uh, you know, it's what I had to do to help the team. It's, uh, most great teams got to have a guy who, who, who give himself up. And then you go to Detroit and you play with them for a couple seasons, and that was basically a fresh franchise. A couple of years. Well, it wasn't a fresh franchise. I mean, it, it was the old Fort Wayne franchise. I mean, fresh in Detroit, though. It was fresh in Detroit, Yeah. <laughs> But you still got the you still got the same you know it basically you almost got the same team. It's just a different city, and, and, and even, but even with the same name, it was a tough league mainly because my my first year in the league there were only eight teams, 
and and most teams carried ten people because they they couldn't afford to carry a number eleven guy, you know. So it, it's you're trying to get into a profession where worldwide there's only eighty jobs. Now, you know that's David. That, that that can be a daunting task. <laughs> oh, exactly. And then you went to coach the Pistons in seventy one, seventy two, but they wanted you to coach them earlier. They were talking about you coaching in sixty five. Well, they were talking about it, you know. But that's, the talk never got to me. Would you have wanted to be the first African American coach in the NBA? Well, or? you know, you know, you know, having played basketball my whole life, I mean, why would you want to refuse moving up to 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 what was the ultimate step? But it's just one of those things, man. And say, you know, there's something in this life not for you. And I should have known that coaching professional basketball wasn't for me because my first assignment. I lost my best player, Dave Bing. He got a detached retina, and he was gone for 35 games. You know, you, you take the 35, and he's not there. You take the four or five games, it's going to take him to get back in shape. So, you know, you lose your best player for 40 games, what's going to happen to you? No, you're in deep trouble. Oh, you, 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 you're in very deep yoga. <laughs> it would be, like, be like the Bulls losing Derrick Rose. When did he lose it? No, I'm saying if Derrick Rose got hurt, the Bulls wouldn't oh, even be a playoff team. Uh, you, you scared me, man. No. What do you think of Derrick Rose? He's a phenom. He's a phenom, man. They got about four or five guys in this league. I mean, he got just more than four or five, but say the top four or five. You know, you look at people, man, like 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 the Williams kid, you know, playing out in New Jersey. And like, I guess what he had six or seven points in the game last week. You're right. He's a player, man, and, and of course we know Chris Paul is a player. What do you think of those guys in Miami and with James and Bosch and Wade? Do you think that's a good team, or you think there's too many me players on those teams? No, you man, you want all the talent you can get, you know, because you, you never know when you're going somebody's going to get hurt. And I know they got criticized a lot, man, but you know they they got a bad break last year, David. I mean, you know, what's, what's the kid's name? Wade. Wade. Wade got hurt. And there's no, there's no way on earth they're gonna win a national title without, without uh, uh, Dwayne Wade. He's that kind of player, man. He, you know, he might be, you know, you're a guy, you know, you're a guy that's talking with other people, man. But Dwayne Wade might be quietly the best all-around player in that league, man. No, because it's all specialized now. I was, we were talking to players before, and they were saying, "When well, you, you weren't a shooting guard, you weren't a point guard, you were a guard. There was no yeah. differentiation." But you, you were a basketball player, you know. It's, you know, the, the, the number number four slot, number five slot. You know, like 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 when somebody asked me about, uh, I, I was at Wisconsin. You know, uh, interviewing interviewing for the job out there. Now the guy said, "What the guy asked me, what kind of balance would you would you have?" Inferring to something I, that I, I'm not going to dignify. I never answered this question. I said, "Well, I said well, I have two guards." Two forwards in the center. That's my balance. And the guy said, well, I didn't mean it that way. I said, Well, I don't follow you. He said, Well, how many blacks you going to have, how many whites you going to have, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, it was crazy. I just said, Look, you know, Wisconsin is, is, a, is a great place, and I'd love to coach this team here. I said, But I promise you one thing, you know, the, the best people are going to play. If my five best players are white, they're going to play. If my five best players are black, they are going to play. If that displeases somebody, when I start losing, if I start losing, then fire me. Did people think that the African-American players weren't as smart as the white players? Or what was the reasoning why they were asking those type of questions? 
Well, no, how old do you say you are? I'm 40. Well, man, it's, all, it's all about the basketball guards had to go through the same thing that, that quarterbacks on football teams. Cerebral, these are cerebral positions, and these guys are not qualified. I said, man, baller dash. You know, I mean, it's all about race, man. You know, I mean, nobody wants to say it. No, you're right. I mean, look at Oscar Robertson, probably the best point guard ever. Probably the best basketball player ever. This guy, I mean, if you ask me today, he said, who is the best all-around basketball player you've ever seen? Oscar Robinson. I mean, the guy, Oscar was so good, people thought he was loafing. They thought he was loafing. He made it look so easy, man. And, and another guy they mentioned is Elgin Baylor. Oh, well, without question, man. Now, an offensive machine, man. I mean, it's, you know, Jesus Christ couldn't stop him from scoring. Sam Jones is funny. When, when I mentioned Michael Jordan and Sam Jones, he goes, no, Jordan was not the best ever. Well, you see, the best ever, that's, that's like apples and oranges. You know, for example, you take, you take Wilton Russell. Uh, the guy who, who, gets to say, who, who gets to pick first, whoever he picks, he, he, he's going to lose a little sleep about the guy he didn't pick <laughs> the same night. I don't get involved in that, man. Like, who's the best player? It's apples and oranges. I mean, how can you compare Michael with Will? No, they play different positions or different sizes. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it's uh, I have a list of players, another list of players, but I have all the category. And, and we talk about exciting players. I said, man, you know, I said, Calvin Murphy, Pete Maverick, probably two of the most exciting players you're ever going to see. But I'm not saying they're the best ever played. You know what I'm saying? They, for me, the way they played was I, I got excited when I saw them play. Another guy, uh, Jack Twyman, mentioned was his teammate Maurice Stokes. He said if he would have not had that stroke, he would have been absolutely phenomenal. Maurice Stokes would have been an all-time great. You know, I mean, this guy, I mean, you know, he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, weighed about 260, moved like a cat, man, and passed the basketball, and, 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 and was extremely unselfish. That that counts for a lot when when you when your when your star player is unselfish. Was he similar to um, LeBron James? Size wise, otherwise, but he didn't. I don't think he had the speed that LeBron has. Most 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 guys don't. But the boy Maurice would have his own. You know, I mean, Maurice could stand alone and and, and do it alone. You know, but uh, and on top of that, man, he was. He was a real decent human being, which really counts for a lot at the end of the day. When you went on road trips, when you came into the league, did each player have their own rooms, or did you share rooms back then? They shared rooms. And they, you know they cut in corners. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, why, why would you pay for for a guy to sing a room when there's when there's a double when there's double beds in, 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 in these rooms? So we always had roommates. And I had I had some good roommates, man. When you played in the South, did you get to stay in the same hotel, or like the baseball players? Did they make you stay somewhere well, else? Well, there were no teams in that. There, there were no. The only team close to being in the South was St. Louis. Okay. And St. Louis was a town where you know it, it's some place would serve you and some places wouldn't. I mean, you had to take your chances. You go in there, and they tell you, you know, like like ladies say, well, we don't serve colors. I explained to them. I said, well, I don't eat them. You know, so. It, <laughs> Asked, I mean, they just let me know they were going to serve me, which defines, it's the 
finance, yeah, you got to go. But you know, uh, uh, being born and reared in Alexandria, Virginia, you know, is Virginia's a tough state, man. I mean, that's that, that that's a state where they they shut down their whole school system, man. They keep from integrating. Now you know that's <laughs> well, it, it, you know, hate, hate hate is a terrible thing, man. Oh, it is. And 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 hate supersedes most things, like. Just like the day situation. Oh no, we don't dislike Obama. We don't dislike Obama because he's black. I mean, it's oh, no man. Oh, well. Don't tell. Don't tell me. That's been sold to uh, my Fort Wayne. But Fort, Fort Wayne is kind of a midwestern city, but it's but it has. You know, but look yeah. in, 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 in 1950, man, the racial climate in this country, man, was left left a lot to be desired. What was it like to play at Fort Wayne? Because that so, was not the most friendly environment, I don't think. Oh, it's a tough town, but you know, I, I had a strange thing happen to me in Fort Wayne. We we go to the Van Orman Hotel, you know, and uh, they told me that I could sleep in the hotel, but I can't eat downstairs in the restaurant. Well, it's a given what the problem is. I mean, you know, they don't mind taking money from the Syracuse Club. For me, not Syracuse. This was uh, the Washington team in 1950. But they didn't want their customers to see me in, you know, in, in the restaurant because Pressure. Did your teammates stick up for you and say, if a restaurant didn't want you there, we're not going to go to that restaurant? Well, they oh, they stick up for you. You know, I mean, like like there's a there's a restaurant right across from the Jefferson Hotel in St. Louis, and and three of my teammates were there to order their food already. I came in and they said, "Come on, join us." And I sat down, and they said, "Well, we can't serve you." So they immediately they now that 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 food is about ready to be put on the table. So they just got them walked out. You know, and I can appreciate that. You know, because you know, you, you don't, you out there all by yourself. You don't only black out there. You know, and uh, you, you needed some support. I could handle it, really. But why well, should I have to handle it? I mean, it's, it's, it's idiotic to have to handle something like that. But all it did for me is make me play harder, man. I was driven. You know, every chance I got to prove them wrong, I took. I took a complete advantage of it. Now, were you able to learn from what Jackie Robinson had gone through? Were you aware of everything that Jackie had gone through in baseball? Well, Jackie is my hero, and and people uh, people on occasion will say to me that uh, you know you're the Jackie Robinson of, uh, of of modern day basketball, and I and I I take polite numbers to that because Jackie had it tough. Man, he's out there all by himself, and he's playing in an arena where ninety nine percent of the players in baseball were from the southern regions, you know, and, and you know, you're talking about prejudice. I mean, here's a guy, his own teammates didn't want to play with him. I mean, people try to try to maim the guy. They try to hurt him, man. You know, I mean, it's, it was just crazy to me, you know. Yeah. They tied his hands. They said, look, you can't fight back. Nobody tied my hands. And if, if somebody hit me up, so it was too hard, you had to deal with it. And I dealt with it, you know. I said, "Hey, you know, I, 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 I'm not getting my my pay scale is not high enough for me to take this kind of beating." So I learned that instead of being the BD, you need you need to become the beater. Was Syracuse a friendlier environment racially? For me, it was, but Syracuse, like any other place, every black person, every black person, including me, in Syracuse lived in what they call the Fifteenth Ward. And I was there. I was there for six years, man. Nobody broke out. Of, not, not one black person broke out of the ward to live in the suburb in one of the 
small suburbs that, that surrounded Syracuse. Wasn't no way, man. I used to, I used to go, I used to get the paper, and I was looking for one bedroom apartment, and you would call, and the lady would say, well, we got a lovely unit here, you would love, and uh, we like, we love to have you, and she doesn't know who I am. So when I get that knock on the door, you know, and then they see me, they rented the apartment 10 minutes ago. I got After I got that about three or four times, you get, you get the drift. How do you feel about when people say that basketball's an African-American sport? Do you think, I mean, they're stereotyping it the other way now? I don't have no problem with that. All that's all they're saying is the best players in the, in the NBA are black players. And all, you can't refute it. So so why, 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 why be concerned about it? I, the only problem I have is I wish we had more ownership. And I think with, with, with 83% being black, we, we ought to be considering more guys for general managerships. How did you get the nickname Moon Fixer? Well, you know, um, on my campus, you know, we were kind of isolated. Uh, it's, I went to all black school. I mean, every student and teacher on that campus was black. And, and we were kind of isolated. So you had, you had to have some, some decent campus events. And every freshman that came to that school had to wear a dog sign, you know, stating where you were from and you know, what high school and, and the city and state. And then you were assigned, you had to do a job. So a little girl said in the group, said, look, Earl is so tall he can touch the moon. So from then, <laughs> the moon fixer. And do you know, I, I went to school with kids for four years, and they never, unless they went, unless we shared class, a lot of kids didn't know my first name. When you were the first African-American to play in a game, did you realize what you were accomplishing? No, it, 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 you know, it, it's the game itself, David, was, was uneventful. Totally, unequivocally uneventful. You know, and, 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 I mean, if I told you, I said, look, I want you to pick a town to play this game in so, so you can hold down all the potential trouble that might come. Rochester, New York, it was a, it was a great pick. Because in the wintertime, in the wintertime in upstate New York, man, no one hates anybody. I mean, I mean, it, it's so damn cold. Everybody's trying to survive. So, and you see white people pushing black folks' cars, and you see black folks shoving white folks out. And and and, and it's, it's amazing how we respond. When I say we, I'm talking about the country. How we respond to uh, emergencies. But then once the emergency is over, we go right back to where we were before. How surprising was it to be drafted? by the Washington Capitals. I was very surprised. I, I, you know, somebody asked me, said, did you plan a career in the NBA? So I don't think you planned a career in, in, in an arena where you had no predecessor. Of course I didn't, I, I didn't prepare. You know, but, but just being a decent athlete and having good coaching and being in shape, and they, they got a chance to take a good look at me because we played our conference tournament in the building where the Caps played. So they got a chance to see me play three games in, in three nights. I guess they kind of like what they saw. That's what they drafted me. Was there any animosity or ribbing between Cooper, the Celtics, and Sweetwater Clifton about you getting the chance to play the first game and not them, or they didn't really care? No, they didn't care, man. I mean, you know, all, all we wanted to do was make sure that when, when we left, we left in a better place. You know, because if, if if Chuck didn't make it or the Swiss didn't make it, if I didn't make it, you know, the next group would not would not have been forthcoming.
So probably the best thing that happened was that the Capitals folded and you ended up with the Syracuse Nationals. One of your teammates there was a favorite in Chicago for a long time, Johnny Red Kerr. What, what was he like as a teammate? A great teammate, man. I mean, and, I mean, Johnny kept everybody loose. Johnny was, when I say a clown, I don't mean that he was stupid or nothing like that. But, 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 but John would, would keep the, the whole club, club loose. And he solidified us, man. We never had a big man. John, we went, we went from a, from a team to a good team when John came. I mean, he was, I mean, he scored his points. Uh, great passer out of the middle, you know, he's, he's a great player, man. How rewarding was it when you mentioned the racial tensions in Virginia when you were going to school there to have a school named in your honor? Not a school, it's the, the, the basketball court. Oh, the basketball court. Yeah, and that's heavy, man. And I mean, even that is heavy. I mean, there, there's a lot of folks, a lot of big time folks, has their name inscribed on, on on the basketball floor. So that's, I mean, for me to go from where, from once I came in Virginia to now, uh, that I mean, they they have they have my name gracing this floor. That's big time. That's big time, you know. And I, 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 and I, I, I take that for the honor that it really is. Now, you finished up your career with the Pistons, who by that time were in Detroit. What was that like? When I, when I left basketball, totally, I took a position with the Dodge Division of Chrysler Corporation. And you know, I, I worked there until the coach of the Pistons made a, made a, made a, made a sudden gesture and quit. And so they asked me, well, uh, you know, they, 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 I mean, this is the middle of the season, so they, 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 they search you desperately. And then they asked me, you know, would Chrysler, you know, let you do this? I said, I'm sure they would, but well, let me check it. So sure enough, they said, you know, man, go on. When you're ready to come back, then your position is here waiting for you. That, that you can really appreciate. But like I said, you know, then, then Dave gets hurt and, oh, man, it's, you know, it, it's, and like you say, you know, when you're losing, they're not totally aware of your your best play. All they know is that you're a professional team, you know. And and, and if we're gonna make any money, we got to, we got to have a winning team. And now Dave Bing's the mayor of uh, Detroit. You know, he's he's qualified. I tell you what, and this is what I believe. I mean, I, I know Dave well because we got a history, a lot of history. If Dave, if if he can't turn that place around. It can't be turned around. But, you know, and, and how do you turn a place around where your tax base is not existent? You know, if you don't have a tax base, man, you you, you can't buy anything. You know, you, you can't bother. You can't do anything. And that whole uh, city is built on the auto industry. There's no question. The whole state. But that's that's a blessing, though, because the, that area is doing well. But I tell you, man, they mean... Let me tell you, if, if you ask me to name the top five people I've met as an adult, you know, not not telling your teachers and that kind of stuff. I mean, they being a fat up there, man. I mean, you're not a good person. If if he told me the moon was polka dot, you know, I, I'd have to believe it. Now, if you have a book, Moon Fixer, The Basketball Journey of Earl Lloyd, that came out last summer, what was that project like for you? Uh, it was wonderful. You know, it, it's, people told me, said, man, you need to write a book. I said, why is that? They said, well, you got a story to tell, and only you can tell it. And, uh, and, 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 and we structured it so that it wasn't a basketball book. It was, it, it was, uh, 
uh, human nature story, man. It, and it, it just tells you that because you've been mistreated and we were mistreated. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to try to convince you of that. You knew we were mistreated. And, and that don't mean that, that you fold your tents up, man, and then run off into the desert somewhere. You got to face up. As they say today, you know, the hip kids, you got to man up. And, 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 and prove your words, you know, it's, cause I was fortunate, man, I was driven. You know, I, I, I was truly driven because when, when, when I saw how my folks were treated and people that were me and did me were treated, you know, you, you, you want to go out and prove something. And the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to let these people down because they invested in you. And I don't mean money, I'm talking about nurturing and love and the whole thing, you know. Who had the biggest influence on your life? My mother, without question. It ain't even close. Did she get to see you play in the NBA? Yes. Yes, she did. She she saw the Washington Capitals play, and she saw the Syracuse Nets play. So, And I, I'm, I'm glad that before she left here, she got to see her baby child play. And, you know, again, you know, you don't want to, the people in my hometown of Alexandria, the only thing our parents had to root for was us. So all of their resources, you know, they, they, they invested in their children. And having said that, I mean, do you, do you want to let those people down? And ain't nowhere in the hell I'm going to let them down. Did you ever meet Jackie Robinson? I never met him. Somebody asked me one day if you, if you could have lunch with two different people, who would they be? I said, Jesus Christ and Jackie Robinson. In that order? In that order. Well, it's got to be that. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get me hurt, man. <laughs> Lightning boats be coming down. <laughs> but now, Jackie Robinson was, you know, people to people, hey, I tell kids, I said, Google him. He's a renaissance man. The guy was a full sports star. Full sports. Baseball was his worst game. That's how good he was. Baseball was his worst game, and he makes the Hall of Fame on the first blush. Now, was was it? And playing in in that hot style arena, man, people throwing black cats at him and calling him names, and oh man, it's. But he but he had a secret weapon they didn't know about. What was that? His wife, Rachel. And she was golden. I mean, and I, you know, I, I, I think he would, he would have made it without her. But it been harder, man. It ain't nothing like to get treated the way he was getting treated. To go home and look at four walls. You need somebody to 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 to, to, to stroke you and say you're better than they are. You know, and they know it. That's why they hate you. You know. So those, those kind of things get you over, man. He he must have had support as well. Oh, I man, I, I, I could have started a, a support franchise. <laughs> well, it, you know, when, it, it, it's nothing. That when somebody said to me, if, if if there was one thing you can do to make this country a better place to live, I said, what would you do? I said, it's very easy, man. And I said, what I would do is very easy. I said, first of all, you know, we don't we don't care about each other anymore. I would I would get a, a huge picture and go from place to place, person to person, and give them a strong dose of caring. And this would be I mean once we start caring about each other, it's be a better place to live. 
I see you went to the White House and you met Biden. Did you get to see Obama in his basketball court? Missed him. I missed him by five minutes. You know, he, uh, we, we sat with the vice president for 45 minutes, which is a lot of time. And they kept thinking, it's time to go, sir. You know, he's he thinking, following, is it my meeting? Yeah, well, what the hell are they going to do without me? <laughs> right? so, so I come a little late. You know, that's, that's, that, that, that's where that my thoughts. What was it like to be inducted into the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame? I tell you, it's, 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 that's the, you, you know, that's the holy grail of basketball, uh, the James Naismith Hall of Fame. Well, look at it this way. I was born in 1928 in, 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 in Southern Virginia. I mean, it was tough, tough times, man. And, and, and my, my prospects were all questionable. I mean, huge question marks. Then, up the road, years, years later, your question mark becomes an exclamation mark. So now, that says a lot for you. It? What it does say, I was looking at the, the people, I call it handprints, the people who had their hands all over me my whole life. I had one thing going for me, going for me is all those folks love me, and all of them want the best for me, and they, they, they made a concerted effort to make sure that everything I needed was there. So I, you know, I... Like I told him that my 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 the speech that I made after after the induction, I told him, say, you know, getting here for me was easy. So then, you know, that's hallowed ground you stand on, man. You know, they 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 don't expect no boldness like that. So I said, well, all I did was I I was from a time and a place where you did what you were told. And that's exactly what I did. I did everything they told me. All the people that, that, that I came by, I did what they told me to do. Where I got a break is that the people telling me what to do knew what the hell they were talking about. Welcome back. Thank you very much. This is Elliot Harris on behalf of David Spada, who is not here. Thank you for listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. Thank you to Hadley Allen, our lovely in-studio guest, and to Earl Lloyd. And tune in next week for more Sports and Torts.